Welcome to the Sports Tech Atlanta Seed Talk podcast. I'm your host, Sterling Mack, joined on the other end by Taylor Mack. Um, we're, we got two, I think, pretty cool platforms for you. We'll hit our funding rounds as we always do. But we wanted to start off, is there anything in sports like watching Steph Curry? If you have not been following, the NBA season has been super weird this year. Um, it's It's been a long season obviously the bubble playoffs ending when it did and then the jumping right back into the season it's been a little weird for nba fans but the one saving grace of the season um amidst all the injuries has been the the resurgence of the golden state warriors are not a good team but the resurgence of seeing steph curry kind of by himself like it's 2015 again right before kevin durant got there before all the accolades we just get to watch Steph cook. We wanted to start off today. It's it's not a sports tech thing, but we wanted to start off today. Is there? I mean, what what can you compare watching Steph Curry to? Is it like Barry Sanders when he was on the Lions? Is it like Reggie Bush, King Griffey Jr.? To me, it's almost like obviously I'm a baseball guy. What Barry Bonds did when he was chasing Mark McGuire, it felt like that, right? Every night you wanted to tune in to Barry Bonds and see what he did. He was also – his swing was so good at that time. Everything just – that the the ability of, of – his his ability to play baseball was different at that time. That's what it feels like with Steph when he gets – he could also not, not be going, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden when he comes back in on the fourth and he starts hitting step backs and doing – do hitting the floaters, everyone – the group text starts going crazy. Taylor, I'm going to flip to you. What does the group text start going crazy though? Do, does it? It's tough. There, what Steph is doing is out of this world. I think he. I, I thought at the beginning of the year, the way he was playing, that he was going to be an MVP caliber type of player. And it's special to see him going off, dropping consistently. What he's like thirty nine points a game, averaging right now over the last ten games or something like that. So, it it really is special. But the thing that it, it's tough with Steph is being in the West. And those later games, it's nice right now that he's doing this on the East Coast stretch. So you did that against Philly. And they're just rolling. He's rolling through as they're doing this turn over here. But it's just something about the promo and just being able to catch it that I don't think it's been able to kind of grasp and bring over the casual. Like the if you know basketball. That doesn't make sense. It does. Because if you know basketball and you follow basketball and you're watching these games, you see and you keep up with Steph. You're just like, it's just that much more special watching what he's doing and watching him cook. But that same energy, I don't know if I can agree with the energy, though, when it comes to the Barry Bonds chasing uh, chasing Mark and just that ba- that battle and just seeing what they're doing because there's no other anti to Steph. It's just what Steph's doing. He is the focal storyline. So it's not like you're saying you got Steph going one night and you got another playing going another night. So you have that build up and that air. So you're like, I need to watch Steph. Can he continue this from that aspect? So you're just watching can he continue the run that he's doing singularly by himself. No, I think it's, it's one of those no, I think what's different, right? I, I, the comparison for me, right? Barry Bonds, it was like must see TV. Mm-hmm. I think at any time that Steph gets it going, right? He is must see TV. Yeah. They lost the game to the Celtics last weekend, and obviously he and Tatum are going back and forth. But, like, I was only really – I don't care. I I didn't care who won the game. I was only there to watch Steph do what Steph does, right? Yeah. And I think that's the thing. It's like there's just nothing – 
there's nothing else, especially now, right? All in sports that like you gravitate towards the TV. No. And I would say, I mean, out of, out of the group text that I'm like active in when he gets it going, there's the, it feels like the light of my phone is going off way more than like when Jamal Murray has 50 or Donovan Mitchell or Joel Embiid. Well, he's the, he's the one of the faces of the league. Of course, it better be going off. No, but it's just different. There's something different about watching him hit the way he dances, the way his handle is. He looks smaller, even though he's six, three, like, all of those things, I think, go into it. But then also just the the unreal ability to hit shot after shot and from how deep it is. It's just it's different. There's something – I don't know the right way to say it, right? It, that's – like on the list as we were – as I was kind of like getting ready and wanted to talk through this, like maybe – so the, the five names – six names I had were Barry Sanders, Reggie Bush, King Griffey Jr., Pedro's 03 season, Barry Bonds, McGuire 98, right? Those are the only things that I can think of that are comparable. What's different, though, is like it could be the second quarter and he gets it going. And you're like, yo, turn, Steph's going. Steph's cooking, right? Very different than like one of those guys who just like you had to watch Reggie Bush at USC because we had never seen anything like that. Yeah, and it's harder to compare with football because there's so fewer games. And so you're highlighted anyways on those games. And so that that, that moment is heightened. And Mm -hmm. For Steph to maintain the run that he's been maintaining, uh, that's the special part of it because there's so many games in the NBA and it's a condensed schedule this year. And he doesn't have the help, like you said, because the people are injured. And so he's just going off singular by himself, showing people like he looked at all the mentions from before the season and people, you know, trying to cook Steph cooking in a, in a joking matter, saying that, you know, he ain't got it. And he's saying, I, I've always had it and it never, it never left. And so I love what Steph has been doing. And, um, it's just, I don't like, I don't think it's being captured the way it should though. I, I really don't. I know Twitter blows up when it happens, but during the day, I don't think you see runs of like just replays of kind of what Steph's done. It's gone to a different storyline. Like Steph hasn't, they haven't given him the credit unless it's an NBA talking show of what he's doing. And I don't think that's, I don't think, and then by not doing that, it's a disservice to Steph because they're not building up the special run that he is making during this year. That's that's my, that's my opinion. I don't know about that. I also don't listen. I don't like watch, you know, first take and all that type of stuff. But, um, we, I mean, it's – we have a – he obviously just broke Kobe's record, right, of 40 – of um, uh, 11 straight games of 30-plus point games – of 30-plus points, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he became the all-time scoring leader for the Warriors. It's – no, what he's doing is unbelievable. I think – to your point, did, did, were people like paying attention to stuff up until this past week? No, unless you're like out in California or in the Bay or something, or you're on NBA Twitter. To your point, but I do think, I do think there's something right now about what he's doing because again, it's very pure. Like when James Harden had his 30 point run, like it was, it was. I hate to say unpure, but like, you know, he's going to the foul line like 18 times a game. Yeah, I didn't watch a minute of that, by the way. Yeah, so like I didn't watch one minute over half of when he was in his 30 point streak, like half of his points are from the free throw line when he does all that, like fake bullshit of like drawing fouls. Right. So like this is real. Yeah, there's something about this. that just feels different and feels it just I don't know, man, maybe maybe I I I think sometimes I get caught up in like I, I think Steph is amazing just to watch. So maybe it's getting caught up in that. But I think there's just 
we'll see as he closes the season out. There is just it's something I'll use the word pure again. There's something incredibly pure about watching him play with the joy that he plays with, the the way that he plays basketball, the way that he shares the ball. And then it, on top of that, the way he can dance in the shoot is just it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, he he needs to just maintain, but also have this dominance as the playoffs and that playing game comes around so that that can get that national story there. And then people can truly appreciate it. That's just, that's what I think, but it's, it's special. It's special to watch Steph go off. Listen, if you're the Clippers or the Suns, that is the last thing you want to see is Steph Curry, like getting into the playoffs. Oh yeah. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see it. Uh, Well, it's good. Well, uh, let's jump into a couple. (laughs) Got two platforms for you. Um, the first one is athletics 3d. So this is an app that aims to help coaches and athletes in track and field in their training by providing 3d animated videos of various track and field events. Uh, the 3d animations demonstrate the proper way of performing nine different track and field events, three running events, uh, three jump events, and then three throw events. Uh, Taylor, what'd you think about this one? I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like it. I'm not, I'm not trying to hate it, but I don't like it. There's a couple reasons why I don't like it, because I think it, it, it sells, it falls short in areas because I know this helps. So I like, so from the standpoint of this helping coaches coach, that's always great because like we say, we've said before on different, on different pods, it's tough for a middle school coach, a high school coach. If you don't have that full, you know, you, you ran track, you had, you had guidance back in the past. How are you continuing to learn? How are you continuing to hone in your skills so that you can teach the next generation to come up and be better than what you were? And so I think from that standpoint, it's a really good app. Um, but from just the actual training aspect, I think that's tougher because there's no sensors that go along with this. So all this does is it is a co- it's a true coaching app and it also gives you visual breakdowns of say your run compared to like a model uh 3d model of somebody running and so you can model your game uh down to the skeletal breakdown of what you should look like when you're running from a form perspective but track and field and it does nine events so i know i came out hot out the gates but i don't want to just act like it's a terrible app or anything like that but it it gives you it, it covers nine events in track and field so from sprinting middle distance and hurdles high jump long jump triple jump shot put discus and javelin so those last three shot put discus and javelin i think this can be very helpful uh triple jump long jump high jump it's good to see the visuals but i think it needs to be it's that training is more hands-on because people are a little bit different and you have to have that feel and i think it needs to be a little bit more of a hands-on guidance to be able to tweak and train in that aspect. And then sprinting, you can see form, but there's a lot of, there's other things that go into it to be able to fine tune that sprinting form and uh, to optimize and get the best out of each individual athlete. And I think it just comes across better if they had a couple extra things. So like more, I think if you had like sensors that then modeled into the app and then you can see that live, I think that would help instead of it just being like recorded video. And you look at that recorded video to like a 3d thing. So I think it needs some work, but I, 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 I see where they're going and I like where they're going, but right now I don't like it. I like it. Yeah. I think the, the interesting thing, right. I, I think you're, you're talking about the motion, right. And the biomechanics of, your positioning and how your positioning should be. That's a huge part of track, right? Like how you should get over a hurdle or how you should be to your point, how you should be sprinting, how your ankle and, and leg should be in foot and all those type of positions. Um, 
I do look at this as more of like a, to your point, without having sensors, without having some of that, like some of those deep kind of data driven uh, analysis, it's probably more geared towards like the middle school kind of high school ranks. But I do think, and to your point, like coaches that are kind of in those type of ranks too, nothing against mm. like middle school, high school coaches, but like, mm-hmm. um, but I, I do think it's great because from the animations, from angles, when you're younger, you're able to kind of like envision your body doing that. Right. right. And then to your point, right. You have to then go feel it. Track and field is a lot about like feel and then being able to like put everything into motion. Right. Um, I also think it's cool too. again, why I kind of feel like it's more catered towards like high school, middle school, where the app then has drills of like progressions of how you get to that certain body position, how you get to that place, you know, mm-hmm. as a sprinter or as a, uh, a high jumper or something like that. So, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's great for, for what that is. I think it's a, a really cool training tool, right to aid coaches and also aid younger uh, track and field athletes in helping them to understand their body, their mechanics of their body, but also how to like progress in in, in the sport. Yeah. And, and I think they have a great team behind the product. Uh, They have athletic, sorry, Olympic um, level coaches that are a part of the, a part of the team as well as great tech uh, structure behind it as well. And, um, from that standpoint and, and for what it can provide, I think, I think it's nice, but I, I just, I find some shortcomings in the areas of the running areas and, you know, shot put, I think that the stationary, um, the stationary events, I think you can, you can have a better feel for that. And I think this can really work well there, uh, as there's not too many ways to be successful outside of what the successful patterns already are. So um, I think it's it's good for those, but I think when it comes to the the running and like you said with the hurdles, I, there's some stuff that needs to be added to be able to elevate and really um, take advantage of what's offered. Yeah, yeah, well said there. But I ain't trying uh, to hate. That's not my game. I just keep it real. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. The the second one we have is uh, kind of the same. It's it, we're staying with 3D, and uh, to be honest, I didn't even mean to do that, but I found two 3D things, which is kind of cool. So, mm-hmm. uh, this one is called Cav. Hope I'm saying that right. Um, so, Cav delivers 3D printed helmets for improved fit and protection in hockey. Uh, so, if you wanted a custom helmet, you would get a fit kit, uh, which I believe comes from Cav in order to measure key dimensions of your head, then using those dimensions based on uh, their design, Cav generates a helmet, a 3D model on their software, and then gets it made on a 3D printer. Uh, so I think really cool. I think we're always trying to like address, you know, player safety, obviously concussions, especially at a younger age with, within the youth. Uh, Taylor, what'd you think about this one? I like it. And because it's also one of the first of its kind for what they're doing, in the 3d printing aspect but that form fitting uh the form fitting aspect let's say like that sorry for the helmet and so what they do is they take in consideration with your measuring all the dimensions of your helmet the circumference of your head you might have a big big behind head you're gonna realize how big your head is once you do that mold and then uh adjustments for the height and so it takes every nook and cranny of your of your head. And if you if you know specific areas where you need a little bit additional padding as well that you, you know, you kind of had to force cram into your current helmet, it 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 uh, um, 
it accounts for that. And then we'll have that molded into your helmet as well. So marketed to be, you know, one of the safer uh, helmets out there as well as with comfort comfortability, because there's nothing like it being a, a, you know, any athlete that has to wear a helmet and you forget that you're wearing your helmet at times. Cause it, you know, it's, it's, it's that comfortable. Um, and so I like it. And obviously the more from the protection as- aspect, it's really great. It also has some airflow vents in the inside the helmet to keep your head cool. So the future of protection of athletes is getting better and better. And, you know, you've seen those uh, definite hard checks into the board for hockey and knowing that your, your, your dome is safe and protected. Always nice. Yeah. There's something that I found really interesting about it is um, obviously like, you know, the, the 3d aspect of it is super cool, but the fact that they remove bolts and latches throughout the helmet. So it's like a very, like kind of sustainable helmet, right? Like it's it's incredibly different than what we've always seen. Mm-hmm. They did that to increase the durability by eliminating kind of like the rust of bolts or broken latches and clips. Uh, but that also eliminates components that transfer impact energy. And I like didn't even think about that with with hockey players, right? Um, just like how you know, to your point, like you know, getting cross checked or, or something like that as you're coming across. So um, yeah, I think really interesting. One, one thought process here, again, I think more so designed for kind of those youth ages, right? When you're younger, being able to like understand exactly kind of like to your point, like, you know, how big your head is and what metrics you're kind of needing to go uh, secure something like this. I also see this being really cool for like older leagues, you know, there's a, there's a ton of like men's leagues out there, hockey's, and even like on the West Coast, right, where you could go now get this done for you and feel super safe yeah. uh, of having a helmet that, that would be really durable for you. Right. Cause pros, obviously you're going to have this access and then you're going to have the best of the best, but for those, you know, still aspiring semi-pro or, you know, like you said, the men's league, and then especially for kids um, and your head is forever, you know, it's, it's still shaping and being molded and you want to mm-hmm. continue to protect your cerebral capabilities as you're trying to navigate this world as you're getting older. So uh, that protection really does add an, an extra level there for those kids. And then also for adults who need it after, you know, they're playing a men's league game and then they're, they're going to go kill brain cells right after with a few rounds at the bar. So better have your most protection that you can get before you get off the ice. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that is a cav with K- a KAV. Sorry. No, I mean, some people might not have known. Well, people have not gotten that. I don't th- I don't think so. Oh, okay. They would have been like, oh, calf? Or is, it saying, like, is it with a C? Or is it, you know, I don't know. There's so many different spellings. No, it's fair, actually. Because, I mean, to be honest, I don't exactly know how to say it. So that, that makes sense. My, um, my dumb behind yeah. would have said cave. I couldn't. So I thought about cave, but I was like, it doesn't feel right. Watch it be cave. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I did think about that. I, I really did. We've got a uh, highlight, a couple funding, or actually a few funding rounds here. Uh, the first is Phoenix, the go-to provider for real-time video streaming solutions, has secured sixteen point seven million in a Series B round. Uh, the round was led uh, by Chicago-based sports tech venture capital firm KB Partners. Uh, this brings Phoenix's total funding to forty million. Uh, next one is Amaze VR, the virtual reality concert 
company just announced its latest funding round of $9.5 million. Uh, it will go towards uh, securing, uh, I believe, new music and new venues um, to be able to put on the concerts that they're that they're doing. And the last one here, Grid Esports, uh, they are the really like the data um, kind of around some of the really like the esports ecosystem. Uh, but they just raised ten million dollars in a round. Uh, backers within the round included Alina Capital, Bumble Ventures, and NFL superstar Juju Smith-Schuster. That rounds out the funding rounds and the podcast for this week. We appreciate you. Definitely find us on Twitter or Instagram at Sports Tech Atlanta. You can find me at Steve Mac or Taylor at TaylorMac29. Uh, continue to listen, rate, and review. We really appreciate you. We'll see you in the next edition of Sports Tech Atlanta Seed Talk.